others. James Eshen has more in this report. The general wage gap is lowest among paid workers with tertiary education, more where women earn 12.7%, less than their male counterparts. The wage gap is highest among... Did not do, in the, in the 7th of October, did not do something against the, the Israelis. This did not come like this. Well, that's the position of uh, the Palestinian mission here. That is about destroying a state. It's not about the Palestinian You, you, you said that this, that this is not the time to talk about peace. The first attempt to get a UN resolution was to have a humanitarian pause. Ghana abstained in that vote. Give me your reaction to that. We believe that uh, Ghana is reviewing very carefully. I'm not here to talk on behalf of Ghana, but I understand that Ghana is reviewing very carefully each and every draft resolution, and they're making very careful decisions about that will demonstrate best the interests of Ghana. And again, I'm the representative of Israel, so it. And that was the uh, Israeli ambassador speaking on PM Express. Uh, there's a lot of uh, development uh, on this as we're learning of some petitions, which we'll talk about. Uh, but first, let's talk about international relations and conflict resolution. I expect Emmanuel Bombande, uh, who says that Ghana must not be seen as taking sides uh, with uh, some Palestinians uh, being taken. Uh, he's then urging uh, government to condemn the continuous attack on Gaza. Uh, the former... Uh, Deputy Foreign Affairs Minister is on the pulse. First of all, the Foreign Minister must come again. You can... Former um, Deputy Foreign Affairs Minister is on the pulse. First of all, the Foreign Minister must come again. You can... ...enter occupation and such like that, where uh, wages are low, women outnumber men. And therefore, when we put them together, you realize that they're... ...focating, besieged, and occupied, and expect that your statement would have value. Because that statement is spineless and it does not represent the Africans' justice and fairness for all. Secondly, we do not stand with Israel and for that matter, we are against Palestine. We stand with the Palestinians in solidarity for their freedom, for their justice. And the only way we is in our preventive diplomacy to convey to Israel that their security is linked and interconnected with the security and the respect of the human rights of the Palestinians. Well, the protest is unfolding uh, here in Ghana as well as uh, uh, on this story, the coalition of uh, Muslim organizations in Ghana uh, are today petitioning the United Nations Secretariat in Accra, condemning the attacks on Palestinian civilians and also taking on President Akufuandu uh, for what they say is the violation of Ghana's traditional uh, for alliance. Here are excerpts of what transpired uh, earlier today. On behalf of our stakeholder organizations and institutions, to you a petition addressed to, I'm not sure whether that is the right designation, His Excellency, the Secretary General of United Nations, through your office. Basically, our concern is all about fairness, that the good people of Palestine have never had for years. But before then, we would like to congratulate your Secretary General for being bold to say as it should. He has told the world 
And within hours, there has been a threat for him to resign. We, of good people of Ghana, we are behind him. He has said what is on the heart of all heart, soft-hearted human beings who believe in humanity and equality in this world. Heart, soft-hearted human beings who believe in humanity and equality in this world. A lot more women go into mining engineering and get into the core uh, mining activity and they can also earn as much as their male counterpart. In that case, you'll be able to bridge the gap. Is it a short to medium term um, solution you are offering? The United Nations to take serious action against Israel. Israel has violated many that there are people around the world who listen to him. There are people around the world who believe in what he believes in. And it is our hope that serious action will be taken against Israel. We cannot say this without re-echoing our position that our foreign policy does not reflect what it's perceived to be the position of Ghana. The Ghana policy, Ghanaian policy, foreign policy does not or is not always on the side of the oppressor. We believe that Ghana should have taken serious position and support the proposal by Russia against um, um, Israel. And for, government, for Ghana to have abstained, we think it is not the right way to go. And it does not reflect the, the position of good people of the Republic of Ghana. They say that I note your statement and um, I receive for onward transmission to the Secretary General of the United Nations the petition and statement that you have handed to me um, just now. Let me clarify first that my role as representative of the Secretary General in Ghana is to lead the UN development system here in Ghana um, to coordinate its work towards supporting Ghana to achieve its development aspirations. And of course, the UN's position on this subject which you have brought is both public and can be assessed on the UN website. Your message regarding Ghana, I think, is more appropriately addressed to the government. Let me conclude by confirming that I commit to ensuring that I will convey your petition to the Secretary General today. Thank you for coming and thank you for your statement. Well, except so for uh, what transpired uh, earlier today when the Coalition of uh, Muslim uh, Organizations petitioned the UN Secretariat here in Accra. So exactly what are the demands and why is this process being staged here in Ghana? Uh, joining us now is uh, Hajj uh, Abdelmanan Abdelrahman, who is president of the Coalition of Muslim Organizations here in Ghana. Uh, Hajj, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, very uh, controversial statements you're making there, indicating that Ghana should not be on the side of the oppressor. 
At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. For years. But before then, we would like to congratulate your Secretary General for being bold to say as it should. He has told the world and within hours there has been a threat for him to resign. We of good people of Ghana, we are behind him. He has said what is on the heart of all soft-hearted human beings who believe in humanity and equality in this world. Soft-hearted human beings who believe in humanity and equality in this world. A lot more women go into mining engineering and get into the core uh, mining activity and they can also earn as much as their male counterpart. In that case, you'll be able to bridge the gap. Is it a short to medium term um, solution you are offering? The United Nations to take serious action against Israel. Israel has violated many that there are people around the world who listen to him. There are people around the world who believe in what he believes in. And it is our hope that serious action will be taken against Israel. We cannot say this without re-echoing our position that our foreign policy does not reflect what it's perceived to be the position of Ghana. The Ghana policy, Ghanaian policy, foreign policy does not or is not always on the side of the oppressor. We believe that Ghana should have taken serious position and support the proposal by Russia against um, um, Israel. And for, government, for Ghana to have abstained, we think it is not the right way to go. And it does not reflect the, the position of good people of the Republic of Ghana. They say that I note your statement and um, I receive for onward transmission to the Secretary General of the United Nations the petition and statement that you have handed to me um, just now. Let me clarify first that my role as representative of the Secretary General in Ghana is to lead the UN development system here in Ghana um, to coordinate its work towards supporting Ghana to achieve its development aspirations. And of course, the UN's position 
on this subject which you have brought is both public and can be accessed on the UN website. Your message regarding Ghana, I think, is more appropriately addressed to the government. Let me conclude by confirming that I commit to ensuring that I will convey your petition to the Secretary General today. Thank you for coming and thank you for your statement. Well, except so for uh, what transpired uh, earlier today when the coalition of uh, Muslim uh, organizations petitioned the UN Secretariat here in Accra. So exactly what are the demands and why is this process being staged here in Ghana? Uh, joining us now is uh, Hajj uh, Abdelmanan Abdelrahman, who is president of the coalition of Muslim organizations here in Ghana. Uh, Hajj, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, very uh, controversial statements you're making there, indicating that Ghana should not be on the side of the oppressor. Who's the oppressor in this case? Thank you very much for having me. Of course, you're talking about Israel. Israel is oppressing people who have no arms, who have, who have no control. Of course, you're talking about Israel. Israel is oppressing people who have no arms, who have, who have no control. For the 182-day T-bill were accepted by the government. For the 364-day... Um, it's not being fair. But we still believe that um, the current development is showing the way that it's telling the world that, inshallah, with the world. If we should use Ukraine um, example, for instance, that was, that was, the, that was the reason given by, by our government. And if in the case of Israel, that knowing very well that Israel has violated Resolution 242, 1966, that called for two states, and that call for peace, and knowing very well that kids, the women are being killed, people are being denied of their rights, and you are saying that you are you are abstaining from this out of the three countries, out of the three, two voted for that resolution. And for God to have abstained with all that was... I mean, what, what would have been the difference anyway, knowing uh, the position of Ghana? Non-permanent seat, you have the permanent members of the UN Security Council. A vote would definitely mean... Absolutely nothing if one of the permanent five uh, countries sitting on the UN Security Council simply vetoes whatever decision is taken. So it's not as though we hold the or wield the ultimate influence in trying to bring peace um, in the Middle East. Why then are you still mounting pressure on government? Well, we, we think that diplomatically it has, it has a lot to do with um, influence. For us to have two, uh, four rep, rep on the Security Council as Africans and two voted for the resolution. And for Ghana of all country, Kwame Nkrumah Ghana, to be abstained, we think, we think, we think um, that was not. Um, but you see, there is one thing that people don't know as Ghanaians. Do you know that out of, is it 8 million Israelis, we have 2% Christians, and we have 17% Muslims. In fact, in numerical terms, you are talking about just 171% Christians, and you are talking about over 1.5 million people who are Muslims. We're not talking about the, the public or the numbers in terms of citizens of Israel. We're talking about the regime. 
If we go back to um, 1967 resolution, the world is calling for Israel to revisit that resolution, which was signed by Yashet. Um, um, no, no, no. Um, um, the, the, the gentleman who was, who was murdered, the Israeli prime minister who was murdered, he was killed just because of that. He took that position that, look, we need peace in this world. We need peace to live with our colleagues, our brothers, uh, Palestinians. Let's go for two-state two, um, accord. And that, that accord was signed. He returned back to his hometown only to be murdered. What we are saying is that until we go back to such resolution, which has been violated by Israel, in fact, we, didn't, we are not only calling for Ghana um, to, what do you call it? We, we are also calling for Ghana to consider, reconsider their diplomatic relationship with Israel. Really? Yes, of course. That, that's far, far-fetched, we, of course, we, when you make we, that, that, that pronouncement. That, uh, there we, are many countries, there yes. are many countries that have reconsidered their, their diplomatic relationship with, with, with Israel. Yeah, but I mean, why should you be killing, why should you be killing innocent children, women, and then, as I'm talking to you now, no light, no water, no food. They are not allowing food and water to be, to be, to be, to be given to the ordinary people of of Palestine. They've barricaded them, no light, nothing. I mean, what, what is that? I think it is up to us as good people of this world to mount pressure on Israel. And we think that for, it is up to us as good people of this world to mount pressure on Israel. And we think that for this is in the export sector. It is coming after the World Trade Organization's report showed that Ghana's participation in global trade is heavily affected by cost and access to finance. Ifwa Sabiasari is the chief executive of the Ghana Export Promotion Authority and has been speaking to Joy Business in our, our procession. Um, we had a fruitful discussion with, with the um, police command and we were okay with it due to the kind of... What are your considerations on that? Well, the, the stakeholder of the organization that I represent, we're going to look at it. We have already presented our previous uh, press release to, 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 the, to the various agencies, mm -hmm. and we think that appropriately we will address one also to the foreign affairs. And I think that they have to, they have to come back again. That is not, that, that, that's not Ghanaian. Why are you doing this as... Um a religious grouping. That question has come up. Why it's only a coalition of uh, Muslim groups that are going ahead and filing this petition. Uh, you seem to be stoking some sort of religious tension as, as the criticism has been. Well, <laughs> it will surprise you to know that the procession was not only um, initiated by the coalition of Muslim organizations. We have uh, um, uh, uh, Socialist Forum, we have Pan-African Movement, and a whole lot of other organizations that are... religious of course, yes, but they are not religious organizations. Yes. If you're talking about Komok, mm -hmm. yes, I understand. Yeah. But we are also, because we are peace-loving people, wherever there is peace, we, we are always happy because we want peace to be on, on, on this earth. And so it is up to us. It is our re responsibility as Muslims. In fact, always happy because we want peace to be on, on, on this earth. And so it is up to us. It is our responsibility as Muslims. In fact, for, it's not going to, you know, it's like we, we build them up to a certain crescendo and then we leave them hanging. They don't know what to do. So it is... Ah, whatever we are doing, we ensure that there is peace. Example is what we mentioned to you about the security uh, services. We didn't 
insist that we ought to go because we have our constitutional right to go on the streets. Really? Are you not one-sided uh, when, when you give that account? Uh, the, 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 uh, and I'm just saying that because uh, the Israeli ambassador to Ghana uh, has been on this platform explaining mm. that the target is Hamas. Uh, how, do you how many Hamas have they killed? How many Hamas well, have they killed? They are killing human beings. They are bombarding hospitals. They, but they seem yes. to have a genuine threat. They have no genuine threat. They, they, are killing, they, are killing, they are killing innocent souls. Mm. And they are telling us they are killing Hamas. They should go and target Hamas. You are killing people. You are do going you to bombard agree? hospitals. Are you on the same page with the Israeli? Are they not aware? Are you not aware are that the they bombard the hospitals? With the, with the Israeli... No, I just want you to get this clear. And Can are you on the same page that? with the Israeli authorities when they say that Hamas is a threat? Do, do you agree? If Hamas is a threat, it's a threat. Israeli as a state, Israeli as a regime, it's a threat. You what? know why? Because you, you, they have violated... Are you endorsing crime? That's the question. Because we are not endorsing crime. We are not endorsing crime. If they, had, if they hadn't violated the, 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 what do you call it, the resolution 242, 1967, all this wouldn't have happened. Just agree that there must be two states, period. And they say, no, they want a distinct, a, a, a cold society, which... Be, uh, the land belongs. What, what, is, what is all this? Okay. And we think that that is unfair. The point about yes. October 7th activity, uh, where you had a group of people moving into Israeli territory, condemn that in your statement. For me, or for us, we condemn every... That's what we are saying, that why not violate... Why did they violate that accord in the first place? But you're not addressing what happened. The, the, the reason for which Israel says they are going to war on Hamas. I don't think you are pushing me to. No, I don't think that's what I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that is unfair. It is that one. The cause of the 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 happenings in Israel failed to do. Israel has full supposed to be the owners of the land, okay? And then if you somebody, what do you call it? A group decided to cause. Some harm to your public. So be then you, you assume saying. that. So be it. You're saying. Of course, no. We are saying that we think that it is not right mm-hmm. to kill any human soul, whether on the part of Israel or on the part of Palestine. But we are saying that when the Palestinians have no state, you agree with me? They have no arms. They have no police. That so, if a society, a group of persons among the Palestinians decided to 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 do something that is that is condemnable, we ought to condemn it, and we have said it in our statement. You have not, you are not look, look, using our statement. This one is directed yeah. to, yeah, to, the, to the, the Secretary General of... Precisely. But our statement... I, I thought that no. would have been reflected in this. No, no, you could, have, you could have read our statement. We condemned it. We said that is not right. But at the same time, the whole world should let Israel know their right position. That what they are doing, they are not bringing peace in this earth. Okay. Why should we worry in Ghana? Uh, we're in Ghana, we're peaceful. Uh, there is... Um, cordiality between, um, you know, Muslims and, and Christians. Why should we worry? That is why I just want you to understand that. Please don't let us go Muslim, Christian and, and Christians. Why should we worry? That is why I just want you to understand that. Please don't let us go Muslim, Christian. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Marketplace. Coming up in this edition, Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ness Addison, attributes recent decline in inflation to efforts by the central bank to stabilize prices. 
Just yesterday, we have had a new reading of inflation. We suggest that we have stayed on the inflation path, with inflation declining by nearly 3 percentage points. Now, and in, in, in um, what do you call it? In, what do you call it? Um, in Palestine, we have 7%. 7% of Christians' time. Ensure that there is peace. We don't want any soul to be lost. No children to be killed, for God's sake. For what? What are your next uh, line of, of activities? Uh, I mean, we know now that uh, you're deciding to occupy all regional capitals as, as part of your protest. Um, and also beyond that, you're asking for a number of uh, considerations to be made, which uh, the UN uh, resident coordinator is directing you now to the government of Ghana. So what are we to expect from your group in terms of what the next line of action will be? Well, we are just a small community as part of Ghana, uh, Ghanaian society, and we can all do our best and leave the rest to Allah. For, for the world to know that at least we have expressed our, our grievances, we have expressed our solidarity for the, for the people and the oppressed, and we have said our mind, and we have also conveyed our message to the Secretary General that the world is behind him. For us in Ghana, we are behind him, and that we are also telling the world that Israel time has come for the world to see Israel as an aggressor, as an oppressor, as arrogant, as the country yeah, that is not bringing that. you don't help peace matters, you? on this The end. kind, the choice of words you use on Israel is further escalating. Brother, I have said to you yeah. that if Israel had not murdered their prime minister who signed an accord that there should be two states, two state policy. It's as simple as that. Both sides signed it. What happened to it? 1967. Up to date, what happened to it? When the ambassador comes here, please ask her, what happens to that accord? If they had followed that accord, oil, uh, what do you call it, prices, that will escalate and it will affect our economy as Ghanaians. So we think that whatever that happens to any part of this whole world uh, affects us um, indirectly. So for us, as, as Muslims, as Ghanaians, we think that there should be peace in this world. I'll give you the opportunity to speak to uh, the authorities. Uh, of course, um, you say you have a special appeal for the president as well. What, what would that direct message be to the president of the republic? Uh, he's spoken on this matter. I'm sure you've heard it. Well, I didn't hear, but I had... Uh, you mean the president? Yes. President. Well, 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 I didn't hear the president, but I had a report that there has been... Um, um, the president? Yes. President. Well, 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 I didn't hear the president, but I had a report that there has been um, um, we think that is not um, it doesn't truly reflect a Ghanaian position and we think that um, the advisors should uh, ensure that uh, and who said that um, um, Palestinians are not are not are not under oppressed by by superpowers. I, I guess we're not um, looking at the issues from the same perspective, is it? What's on the table now for Israel is the matter of the latest Hamas attack. Is that where you're looking at issues? From? We have we have condemned it, and we are also saying that if Israel had followed the the accord, the 1966 accord, this Hamas attack wouldn't have happened. That's all we are saying. And so we endorse violence? We are not endorsing violence, but we don't endorse oppression. I see. 
Anyway, this conversation will continue some more, but uh, Anan, you, you wish to add something? We still believe that we need peace in this world. Our, our, our government should also understand that our foreign policy should, should, should continue to, to exist, to continue to um, respect the people who are under oppressed. And uh, Palestinians are under oppressed. They are being killed on daily basis, and we must sympathize with them. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'm sure that you're expecting some answers from the uh, United Nations uh, 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 Secretary General, and as you, uh, of course, are indicating yes. your solidarity uh, with, with them. Uh, you've been assured there will be a response on that? Well, he said he's going to deliver our, our petition to him. Mm. We congratulated the uh, General Secretary and for his boldness, mm. and we said we are behind him for Israel to have that arrogance to say that the man to tender his resignation, that the world is behind him. And I know there are quite a number of persons like ourselves across the world who really um, go with the comments he made in support of Israel course. Thank you very I see. much. Uh, thank you, Mr. President of the Coalition of uh, Muslim Organizations, stating their position on this matter. Uh, we'll keep watching the space and bring you some uh, at Nagbara, uh, election uh, of the governing New Patriotic Party uh, has Richard's. Uh, of course, uh, the apex point, as we are all looking for, as the party engages the uh, police service to provide full security protection in the upcoming uh, Congress, which is slated for November 4. According to the party, it admits the unfortunate infractions uh, recorded during the superdelegates uh, conference of the party and would not want the same incidents uh, to actually recur. It is therefore uh, tasking the Ghana Police Service to take some strengthened measures in its operations on the election day without fear or favor uh, during the November Congress. Uh, we have more for you in the following report. The much-anticipated Congress of the governing New Patriotic Party, where four aspirants are vying to lead the party, is just about a week ahead. As part of preparations, the Elections Committee met with the Ghana Police Service to conclude on the security arrangement. General Secretary of the Governing MPP, Justin Frimpong-Kudia, charged the Ghana Police Service to take charge of security whilst admitting infractions that occasioned the Superdelegates Congress. I must admit that there were certain uh, bit of infractions on uh, 26th of August, and we are hoping that come November 4th, uh, these things will not happen. So, Mr. IGP and your team, we have absolute support of the party. On that day, look at it without fear or favor and act and do your work as you professionally always do. On the part of the chairman of the elections committee of the NPP, Professor Mike Eronokwe, he wants the Ghana Police Service to ensure that the election is not compromised. The regulations which they have all signed and which we are going to make available to the police already available to the is going to be the blueprint of the process. Anyone who disregards this on that day should be dealt with according to law. We want to establish that this country is a lawful nation. And for that matter in particular, the NPP is an advanced party. We claim to be the fathers and mothers of democracy in Ghana. And we will always continue to do so. Therefore, we must act in a manner that is in conformity with the relevant claims that we make. The IGP, Dr. George Akufo Dampare, also indicated his readiness to 
provide what he calls an overdose of security to ensure a free and fair and incident-free elections. We want to assure you that on the 4th, we are going to give you an overdose of security. And it will be excellent. It will be awesome. All what we require from you is to support us for each and every one of us to play. It will be awesome. All what we require from you is to support us for each and every one of us to play. Into the interest rate structure, which will affect, you know, the, if, if, uh, what do you call it, the tangible rate. Election, despite a few challenges. Samuel Titi is the deputy director general in charge of elections at the Electoral Commission. We are almost close. Still ahead, we're looking at uh, the policy uh, which is being taken in Germany as we speak. Uh, the new migration uh, policy that is likely to affect illegal uh, immigrants. There are fears that some Ghanaians may be affected as a result of the exercise. I will speak to some Ghanaians in Germany shortly. Stay with us. We'll be back. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the future biggest warranty. Seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. too small a bad stomach ruins your day don't let it take gastron your most effective antacid for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer heartburn gas pain flatulence and indigestion hey guys what are you waiting for let's go let's go Mwah. can you bring down that smiles more <laughs> gastron effective relief from stomach discomfort manufactured and distributed by ns chemist limited this advertisement has been written approved by the every day People have money emergencies. Ma, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mommy, chop money. Emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge and enjoyment. At the top five, we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. Under the auspices of the Munich Re Foundation and the Micro Insurance Network, the National Insurance Commission, in collaboration with the Ghana Insurance Association and the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana, 
are hosting the International Conference on Inclusive Insurance. It's official. The 19th International Conference on Inclusive Insurance is coming to Accra, Ghana from October 23rd to 27th, 2023. Over 400 experts from 50 countries will discuss ways of accelerating the growth and economic viability of inclusive insurance for emerging markets. Welcome to Accra, Ghana, an unforgettable experience of warmth, unique culinary delicacies, vibrantly colorful people with great strength and character. Welcome to Beguiling Ghana. It's an October showdown on Supersport. The biggest! Catch the best and end your month off like a champion. Do not scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here. Bayern scored! He's done it again! Thanks for staying with us. Uh, we take you now uh, elsewhere to Europe uh, because uh, Germany is planning some mass deportation of all uh, persons who do not have permission to remain there. That is uh, those whose visas have either expired, those who are you know, taking some asylum and have been denied, or even those who went there through unapproved uh, means. This afternoon, we're bringing you uh, details uh, on the latest, especially the Ghanaian angle in this whole uh, new drive and immigration policy by Germany. Uh, shortly, we'll be joined by uh, the founder and chairperson of the GH Support Association Germany, a group which is seeking to support Ghanaians through this process. Uh, they've been providing some support as well uh, to other African nationals who may not have permission to legally reside in Germany, uh, but uh, will be speaking to them on what they're doing uh, to reach out to more Ghanaians. Uh, and uh, also joining us is Kweku Yabwa, uh, Component uh, Manager, Ghanaian European Centre for Jobs, Migration and uh, Development, based in Accra. Well, before we get to all of the conversation, uh, let's uh, bring in Thomas Sparrow. Uh, here's with our partners, the DW, reporting and delving more into this migration uh, crisis, which is facing uh, Germany as uh, we speak. So let's get to it, Thomas. Uh, what's the basis of this uh, new policy? Uh, we'll get In the to... small town of Gosla, the topic of migration is steering emotions and dividing public opinion, even though migration has been working well. An example is Najib Sayyid Ahmad. He fled war-torn Syria nine years ago and is now the owner of a pharmacy. I'm happy here and I feel comfortable. At first it was difficult, but then I got the feeling that there are people around me, a community that wants to help. The city has embraced me for the past nine years. The pharmacy's former owner gave Najib a helping hand, and he was happy to find a skilled successor. 
This is, this is integration in action. We need people to come here and work together with us and help keep our society running. There are people with lots to offer. I'm talking on many levels. Doctors, engineers, carpenters and nurses. They are all immigrants. If you look closer at it, it's a win-win situation. In 2015, many local Gosla citizens welcomed migrants into this rural area with its aging population and many vacant properties. But now, things are getting tense. More than 2,700 additional refugees have arrived since the war broke out in Ukraine. It's getting worse with the immigrants, no matter their nationality. It's very tense. There's a lot of complaining about the people who come here. The voice is calling for someone to really clamp down again here, are of course getting louder the longer this goes on. The small organization Gosla has been trying to foster diversity for more than three decades. Now, the far-right populist party, the Alternative for Germany or AFD, holds a few seats in the local council. These refugee supporters still hold hope for integration. We will grow through these debates. We want people in Goslar to learn how to live together with people from foreign countries, to realize that you have to get to know each other, to understand each other, and that you shouldn't let yourself get riled up. Najib thinks populist narratives are being fueled by other problems such as inflation. You always want to blame it on something. Far-right parties have taken advantage of that recently. If anything happens, they point their fingers at refugees. But if these people sit and reflect, what have refugees done since coming here? There are success stories worth telling, lots of them. Despite the challenges, many in Goslar are still striving for peaceful coexistence. We stay on this uh, because uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has talked about uh, the debate around migration by saying Germany must deport illegal migrants uh, on a grand scale. Proposals are now uh, being discussed uh, in order to decide on how this uh, could actually happen. Uh, in terms of practice, uh, German politicians have said the country is at the limits of its capacity because of the high number of arrivals. Uh, so we now bring in Thomas Sparrow, political con- correspondent uh, for our partners, uh, DW in Berlin, joining me now. Uh, Thomas, I was just asking the question earlier. Uh, how does uh, Scholz, uh, the Chancellor, plan to carry out these uh, deportations? Hi, Mika. Abuelita's on her way, and I still need to shop for the party. No worries. Let's order through Instacart. Insta qué? Sí, llama. We can order groceries and more online and get everything delivered in as fast as an hour. Everything for dinner? Carne, tortillas, limas, plátanos. Claro. Anything else? Just make sure the plátanos are ripe. Get groceries delivered same day with Instacart so you have more time for family. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The overall goal of the German government is on the one hand to reduce the number of migrants that are arriving in the country irregularly, in other words, that do not have the right to stay, and at the same time increase the number of migrants that are arriving in the country that are high-skilled and can fill a gap in a number of professions where there are problems in this area, specifically on the first issue, namely making sure that fewer irregular migrants arrive, the German Chancellor stressed that there will be a series of measures both at a national level and at the EU level. This is particularly important because Germany cannot resolve the issue of migration on its own. At a national level, the German Chancellor has already implemented some measures, including stricter border controls at Germany's borders with other European countries. But at the EU level, the main issue, and by the way, an issue that has already been discussed for many years, still remains unresolved completely, namely the fair distribution of migrants throughout the different European countries. This is still a very big issue here in Europe. And there are many who are asking the question, how big is this uh, problem of migration in your country? It is a big problem here in Germany and already the numbers of arrivals are being compared to the height of Germany's refugee crisis in 2015 and 2016. Only in the month of September, over 20,000 migrants, irregular migrants, came to Germany. That's the, higher number, the highest number since February 2016. And already high-ranking German officials, including the German president, Frank Walt, have said that Germany has reached its limit the limits of its capacity when it comes to receiving and welcoming these migrants and also integrating these migrants into Germany's society. This is something that, by the way, you also see in cities and municipalities that have been complaining also for weeks and months that they need more help from the federal government. So it is indeed a very big problem and one that probably prompted Chancellor Scholz to say this statement that Germany now has to start deporting irregular migrants or illegal migrants on a large scale. Now uh, it's beginning to stalk a now has to start deporting ir- irregular migrants or illegal migrants on a large scale. Now uh, it's beginning to stalk a profile name is Safety and Home Solution. You can find the same on the Facebook and the Instagram. 0594968288. Please feel free for any queries anytime. Even if you call, or call us on Sunday, you will get the reply. Like your slogan, think of a door, and you are sure safety and home solutions would definitely have it. And we do know that the 2023 EcoBank joined its Habitat Fest happening live at the Tema metropolitan area. You need to be there for all your housing needs will be addressed. Let's talk showbiz. Today is Friday, and a couple of weeks ago, Ghanaian actress Nikki Samunas mentioned that the local movie industry is booming. This was an interesting perspective, especially considering that other stakeholders in the sector had previously both generally on the issue of migration and specifically when it comes to the reaction by the German government. Germans are very critical indeed, a majority of security and economic challenges. And according to the German government, 
the most important topics of the trip are regional security and cooperation on topics such as economic development or climate change. I see. Uh, joining us uh, uh, on Zoom now, and thanks, uh, Thomas, uh, for giving us the latest uh, from Berlin, where you are. But uh, on Zoom with us is the founder and chairperson of the uh, Ghana Support Association Germany, uh, GQ, who's uh, joining us via Zoom uh, now to have a conversation on this. Thank you, sir. Uh, and you've been monitoring the space as well. Uh, congratulations for at least uh, supporting and reaching out to other Ghanaians. have to try and reach out to all these Ghanaians who might not have their papers ready. Uh, and kindly unmute for me, sir, while you make the point. Can you hear me, please? Loud and clear. Okay, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I'm a GQ uh, at the moment in Sabrukin, which is the smallest, the capital of Saarland, uh, chairman of the Gene Supporters Association in Germany. Uh, basically, I think... Uh, we still need to have to go to the details when there is a policy here because most of our nationals have much difficulties with the language. So there must be a provision given to us in terms of learning the language to make it more easier for us to get into the system. Uh, I see. So is lang- language the only barrier here? Uh, or what are the other requirements for um, making these people regular migrants if the, that opportunity is there? I think basically the language barrier here. But then um, I look at the policy, uh, for instance, most Ghanaians, they are born talented, but uh, in education-wise, uh, it's not much uh, a trend. And this policy is not going to favor most of the Ghanaians, probably from the Cameroonians uh, or other nationals. But Ghana, I see there's a big challenges here. There should be more flexibility for the policy. Uh, so what kind of help are you providing now, which, is, um, which I'm interested in? Uh, what's your priority now in terms of the ty- type of help you, you, you would like to extend to these people? Well, we, we accompany most of the Ghanaians or most of the Africans here having problems with the language to the foreign office, to the labor office, translates their letters for them into the tree language or English language. We help them looking for apartment if they don't have uh, insurance or having difficulties with uh, their rent. We, can, we come in to translate and we also work close with uh, the police if uh, they have to explain themselves in case of any difficulties. So we are here doing across the country. Uh, I see. Um, uh, looking at the numbers, how, how many, in terms of est- estimation, uh, are you able to tell us what might be affected as a result of the exercise? Uh, perhaps from where you are, looking at the numbers from where you are? Well, if I may not, if I guess properly, I think the Ghanaians... Uh, well, uh, the Ghanaians might be today 60,000. 60,000. 60, uh, yes, 60,000 across the country. And, uh, but this might not be included those with the German passport because right. those with the German passport and it shows you clearly that, uh, Boise, Accra, Sunyan is, uh, we are about, guessly, uh, 60,000 Ghanaians in Germany across the country. Mm. Why is a big issue, or a major issue in Germany as we speak? Uh, why do we find the inflat up region? Because we see Germany is a very good place to, to start a new life. But I think in terms of policy, it's much difficult uh, for, for foreigners to step into it. It's good that I mean, they are trying to bring this new immigrant policy from November this year. Uh, but they started back in 2018. Right. Uh, they started discussing 
in the federal uh, council, but never came to pass. So we hope. And we see a back office, a country like Ghana is an English hall, but never came to pass. So we hope. And we see a back office, a country like Ghana is an English Stations, plus benefits, and a sign-on bonus of $2,000 from participating DSPs if you apply now. No delivery experience required. Must be 21 years or older. Terms apply. Apply to- and give them the provision to come. It means you've still limited them to come to Germany. So I think the policy should be twisted a bit that they can come with their talent because we believe most Ghanaians are much talented in terms of what they do. And they should also look at the grounds, how it will help those because we have the wage middle and the low class. So when you make a policy, you shouldn't consider looking at the top rank. Then you limited those on, on the grounds. That is the problem that the migrants are facing in Germany. And that is a fact. Even though Germany has shot of, of labor since uh, 2017. That is why they plan to bring this uh, migrant policy, skilled workers into the system. But still, you need to go to the German text before you are able to come. That is a problem over there. Oh, I see. Uh, 60,000 people, estimation, we're just uh, working with that figure. I- I'm wondering if all of these people will be deported. That- that's a significant number. No, no. Mm-hmm. All of them. Okay. Those 60,000 are generally those who also have the German st- uh, state permits. Mm-hmm. German state permits. Okay, so Not- some, have, some have the opportunity of just taking advantage yeah. of the permits. But those might be deported around probably five to 7,000 across the country. Wow. Uh, how smooth is that process, the process you're referring to now? Uh, you know, Germans, they normally do things not in rush. They take time to make decisions and accept such uh, you can predict. But I believe at the end of the year, uh, things will move and then decisions will be made. I see. Uh, just stay on with us, opponent uh, manager, Ghanaian European Centre for Jobs, Migration, uh, and development. And quickly, you've also been listening to this uh, latest uh, migration policy uh, being uh, introduced by the German uh, government. Fortunately, we're learning that the German Chancellor uh, himself will be to a number of West African countries, including Ghana and Nigeria. These are countries um, uh, also added to the list of uh, the high rated influx, uh, I mean, immigrants living there in Germany who might be affected as a result of this exercise. Uh, tell me, is this policy going to be as harsh as many are predicting it to be? Yes, sure. Ah, oh, it's not me. Okay. Yeah, yes, uh, okay. Yes, good good yes, if you can hear me. Good afternoon. Uh, can you hear me, please? Loud and clear, sir. Good, thank you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, largely, uh, the policy obviously is not going to be uh, overly harsh. I mean, all policies have their negative and positive sides, uh, but I doubt its harshness to that extent. I mean, there are various components of the policy that in your, uh, will surely inure to the benefit of the country. Uh, where I work, I work with the GIZ, the Ghanaian European Center, which is commissioned by the Federal Ministry of Working. And one of the key things, uh, i.e. those from the Tibet institutions, uh, those from the tertiary institutions, that uh, to explore opportunities using migration as a 360 degrees enterprise to support the development of our people to find jobs, uh, not only here in Ghana, but also abroad, including Germany. And the policy is making room 
for, for, for this. I mean, I just got out of a meeting with the EU and one of the key components uh, of the discussion is regular migration and how uh, can take advantage of it, uh, giving a youth uh, unemployment like any European centre uh, as far as the policy under consideration is, is, is concerned. Uh, from the Ghanaian perspective, if there's any uh, official figures being put to it as to the remedial measures for uh, those who are already there, who, who may take advantage of a lifeline to uh, just be already there, who, who may take advantage of a lifeline to uh, just become a regular migrant. In- exact figures, I think uh, there are uh, state institutions that how can we support not only the reintegration of Ghanaians who are returning home, and I'm here talking about not only, but also even voluntary returnees. And this support we have been providing for, uh, I mean, we are talking about helping them start their businesses here in Ghana, uh, helping them uh, find accommodation. We give them accommodation support for over a year. Uh, and these are all funded by the German government, returnees or people who for uh, legal reasons have to return home, so suitably by state institutions in, in the in the sector. But our focus is complemented by regular migration support as well. The interesting fact about it is that uh, while we work to have a lot more of our youthful population moving out, considering on this. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly, there is a significant number of our people who, and our focus has been. Uh, not the irregular means which exposes them to dangers and so on. So formation and career sessions uh, for communities and schools, uh, but we are also supporting uh, capacity building for state institutions. We work under the Ministry of Employment and Labor Relations and directly with the Labor Department uh, to provide information for people who desire to, to go outside. So what we are doing is trying to encourage regular migration uh, and to look to tap in the positive sides of migration uh, for, for purposes of our people. Uh, don't forget, uh, yes, we need to have as many of the labor force here in Ghana, but there are also those we produce, uh, so many of them who are not finding the opportunities that uh, they require. And there are also those who desire to go and learn, uh, do further studies abroad to build their capacity. And I think the most important thing which we do here uh, is to provide support for these people to be able to, to get whatever capacity needs they require appropriately. Quickly, mm. uh, we're grateful uh, that you've uh, spent some time with us. Uh, we'll keep monitoring the space and bring you up to speed. Uh, oh, uh, GQ, if you're with us, uh, any final words uh, from Germany? Uh, and what would you want Ghanaians um, here to know about you know, the immigration trends and also uh, taking such perilous journeys as some of them have done. Well, uh, the advice I'll give to Ghanaians is they should look to the right channel to come because if you come without documents, you are not able to rent apartment. You might have a problem with insurance because when you're sick, you can't go to the hospital. But I think our government should simple build a structure for the Ghanaians not to travel. If you're looking at the Arab world, before uh, Libya was collapsed and other Arab wars, they were not traveling. And why? because the facilities were provided for them. So I think more focus on the government. Once you have a place to, to stay, to work, to get a little income, you might not have interest to travel. But I think Germany is also a good place to come. But Germany, they must twist the policy a bit for us. If they want to accept us, if they want us to come, right. they still have to look at the policy for us to come.
Grateful. Uh, Kweku, any final words from your side? Yeah, um, uh, I think uh, of importance is, is what do we get from the entire migratory uh, processes. And that is where my focus will be. Uh, yes, uh, it is important we build structures to make sure we have as many people here in the country, and that is already ongoing. There are various programs uh, within uh, government structures and even through development cooperation to support, yes. But we also don't have to deny ourselves the opportunity that migration brings. I mean, uh, remittances are a key contribution to our uh, fiscal space, and I don't think we have to cut that. We, what we have to do is to explore the positives of migration, and that is what the, the Ghanaian European Center and the GIZ, with support of the German government, oh. is doing. Uh, uh, and, and I believe that if we are able to sensitize our people to tap into the, the regular opportunities that are available for migration, that, that is quite useful for they themselves, Right. for the host country and for Ghana as well. Thank you. Thank you, Wiko. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch uh, as this matter uh, unfolds. Let's now speak to some Ghanaians who are now, um, of course, they've been forced to return uh, home a few months ago, and this is due to the ongoing war in Sudan. Many of us have heard about this, but the Global Union of Ghanaian uh, scholars uh, is issuing a statement pointing out that it is deeply concerned about the plights of uh, these Ghanaian students uh, from Sudan. Uh, the students uh, who were pursuing their various uh, dreams and education abroad uh, are now facing uncertainty and also some challenges uh, when it comes to uh, their academic progression. So lived experience is what we're hearing about today as I uh, bring to you uh, Naima uh, Abdulaziz, a Ghanaian student uh, Union of Sudan. Uh, she is the chair lady there and also Aisha uh, Mustafa um, supporting the chair lady uh, of Ghanaian students uh, in Sudan. Thank you ladies for uh, joining us uh, in studio. Um, so let's start off by hearing from the uh, chair- chairperson. You, you are the chairperson obviously uh, and uh, it must have been a trying time for um, for your members, because I was at the, I recall I was at the um, Kotoka International Airport when the first batch of students arrived. Um, the experiences they were sharing was, was very traumatic. And now you are home, but you're not able to get academic progression. What's been the challenge over the period, and, and what's been the problem from your perspective? Mm. Oh, um, some of the challenges majority of us are facing is one frustration. Frustration. We, are, we were frustrated during the war. We were brought home safely. And up to now, we are hoping, continuous students are hoping to be integrated into the universities in Ghana so they can continue their education because education really matters in this life. But I see. Let, let's try and personalize the story. For, in your case, for instance... Um, what did you leave off? Because um, I understand most of you are medical students there in Sudan. Is that the case? Which yes. you as well? Uh, so, so you were almost ending. What, what's your story? Almost, I graduated, but I didn't get right. my certificate from the school. Yes, Is it the case that you know, you're not able to reach the school? Uh, you know, get them to send the it over. Was yes, ongoing. okay. Right. Mm. But when the war happens, everything came to a cease. So as at now. We are pleading mm-hmm. with our government to help integrate the 
students and those I see. I'll come back to you on what the authorities told you when you, when you came back home. But is that the same story you have? Were you also a medical student, or w w which course were you studying in school back then? Okay, so I'm a medical student. Right. Mm. Fourth, I completed fourth year medical school. Okay. So going to fifth year before the war happened. Okay. So first of all, my name is Aisha. And you're supposed to do how many years in all? Six years. Six. Okay. So you had two more to go. Yes. Yes, please. So with that. Um, with the question you directed to yes. Neymar, yes, as Neymar said, we are really frustrated, and some we ha there are some triggers or some questions that are asked by our family, by our friends, and then seeing friends going to school whilst you are home, you are not working, there is nothing that is done, and then there is no hope. In as much as the government has promised to reintegrate us into the Ghanaian um, school system, but then we haven't had any documented. Um, promise or facts and then there are no dates given nothing it's just a verbal promise and we don't know where it will take us to yeah. and when actions will be taken uh, when you were you know being brought back home what what assurances were you given were you taking through some processes were you assured were you was there any form of documentation at least there just to promise you on what the next line will actually the, uh, the promises were all verbal okay so up to now it's been Almost six months now mm. since um, we came, we, we we entered Ghana. We arrived on the second of April. Okay. Of April. Uh, May. May. So, May. Right. So yeah. it's five months and I think twenty-four days now. So if something should happen, institutions, some institutions have started. So at least there should be hope. There should be any form of a letter or information telling us that. So the Ghanaian students who were. Uh, brought back home. This, this is the way this forward. This is the way forward. Right. But nothing. Everything. Absolutely yeah, nothing. nothing. Have you tried reaching out to the authorities who, who yes, brought please. you back? Yes, we wrote letters. Right. Oh, okay. And is there a response to, to the letters? Some. We've had mm -hmm. some responses. So right. some of the letters were directed to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm -hmm. So upon arrival, we met the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and they gave us the initial promise of the reintegration I process. See. So we wrote a letter to them. That is the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. We also wrote a letter in collaboration with the Ghanaian Union of, I mean, Global Union of Ghanaian Scholars. Mm -hmm. We wrote a letter in collaboration with them to the Ministry of Education and the Educational, Comite uh, Educational Committee oh, of in, Parliament. In Parliament. Okay, yes. right. We also wrote a letter to His Excellency the Vice President, of which we haven't had any response yet. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've written numerous letters, but to no, no avail. So not even a single committee or institution responded to you or at least you got some responses the only response we okay. got was um from the director of tertiary education in ghana here um, dr yaira he gave us a verbal promise of reintegrating us into the private universities mm. of which we cannot afford honestly i see so the plan is to move you into private universities that's not on paper yet but at least the 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 the, the verbal assurance that you are giving what's the plan to have all the medical students move into these private institutions? Yeah. What, what's the plan? Mm. If we yeah. could afford these prices or the fees for private institutions, you wouldn't go for these scholarships. So if we are pleading for them to integrate us, please not to a private institution. So let's get this clear. Most of your members, and how many are you in terms of the numbers? We are 70, right. 46 undergraduates, 22 graduates, two master's students. So, so over 70 students. Um, most of you, from the understanding and what, what you're telling me, 
your own scholarship. So it's not as though you are the ones funding the tuition yes. and, 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 you know, perhaps your boarding there. Yes. All of us are on scholarship. None of us went there to pay for our fees. It's, it was a scholarship program. So that's how come we left there. Trust me, if we had the money, we wouldn't have gone there. Yeah. Yes, so that's it. How has life been, um, you know, sitting home and watching your colleagues go to school? You, you say it's traumatic. Very traumatic. Sometimes mm. we feel like we are failures because, yes, we've had verbal promises, but when are we starting? Has there been any dates? Nothing. So we don't know whether we will actually be going back to school or not. So sometimes we feel like failures because I'm going, trust me, personalizing it, going, back, going to medical school was like a dream come true for myself and to my family. Yeah. So coming back without any certificates is really devastating. If you had a second opportunity, would you go back to Sudan? Well, if it was a scholarship, yes, I would. But knowing that this, this war and everything, mm. I wouldn't have... Because Sudanese people are really nice people, honestly, and I really love them. But then the war just um, made everything yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, such a trying uh, moment for these students. Uh, we'll be trying to get some answers, but also joining us via Zoom now is Lord Mark Menta, uh, president of the um, union. Um, you, and you've been trying, working out there in the UK, uh, trying to support um, your counterparts who have now returned to Ghana. Uh, you started the process when they were in Sudan, I recall speaking to you. Uh, but, but now, what's the way forward? Are you making any further attempts to, to reach out to government, the ministry perhaps, to get some solution? Uh, we're unable to hear you. Just unmute so we can hear you. Oh, sorry about that. Hello, Bless. Um, how are you doing? Thanks for having me here, and uh, good evening uh, to your listeners wherever they are. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a frustrating, like you heard uh, the lady uh, rightly said there, uh, you asked a question that I was cringing here, uh, that if they have the opportunity to go back to Sudan, uh, would they go? I was, I was shocked uh, hearing, and they are, they are, they are, her response was that she will go back, that all you can see there is desperation, and she explained what the situation is like frustration coming out of a war situation with the trauma and the, the disappointment and then staying home for all these wives. The government is doing nothing. Bless, we had this conversation before, and I remember telling you that what we need is a policy that in case anything happened to international students and scholars abroad and they're coming back to the country, what is the policy? What do we, what do we have to do for them? The government needs to have a clear-cut uh, procedure and processes that will take them through. It has happened before in um, Ukraine, so at least we have some templates. Like we have a template. How was um, these guys from Sudan, our students from Sudan, uh, Ukraine? How were they integrated into the system? Uh, so we have the template. So why can't we do the same for those who are coming from Sudan? And by the way, uh, when they met the tertiary, uh, the head of the tertiary institutions from the Ministry of Education. All they are speaking about or talking about is medical students. But from Sudan, they have engineers, they have um, also other uh, accountants or people pursuing other courses. And we have to look across board. We will not take some of them to institutions and leave them. 
Mm. So that, that is where we are right now. The is it the case that now. there's difficulty in trying to reach the very same people who helped to do the repatriation? Uh, you are very quick, very effective on that score. I, I recall the Deputy Minister for Foreign Affairs speaking to us, addressing the press and saying uh, that coordination happened because they had, uh, you know, connectivity, they were co communicating with your group. So how come that's no longer happening after we had the people uh, come back home? Bless, I'm not sleeping. You remember what, when we had this conversation? We mobilized and helped them inside Sudan. We had to send money to them, uh, and then they were asked to come to the borders before the government would evacuate them. So we, we appreciate the government taking them or, you know, repatriating them to Ghana. But we did all those cooperation or those, those hard work, getting them money to them, then them themselves traveling through uh, this difficult bombing and you know all these bullets war, war, war zone and then they got to ethiopia finally you took them uh, gracefully back to ghana now for all these years uh, for all these months we have tried everything contacting the government ministry of education minister of foreign affairs and nobody's responding uh, some of them went recently i think two weeks ago to, 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 to meet the minister or ministry, of, uh, uh, I mean, res minister responsible for tertiary institutions. Again, they were promised verbally. Nothing has been said or written formally, and no action has been taken so far. And this, we're talking about young life. These are the future leaders of our country, right? And you bring them back home and then leave them like that. Uh, it's, it's so uh, heartbreaking. Uh, finally, what will be the next step? Uh, what, how, would you try another attempt just to try and reach out, try and get some solutions? Uh, because speaking to these uh, young girls, the essence is we want to get back into the classrooms, at least uh, for those who are almost finishing school, they want to get into the uh, medical practice. So what's the next line of action? The next line of action is that we, will, we are still going to push. We are still going to... Uh, you know, pursuing our agenda or our plan or making sure that the government here or see, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, adhere to our, our plea on behalf of these young people. They are young and they are desperate, they are frustrated, they are traumatized, and they need to go back to the classroom. Like I said earlier on, we have done it before, and so we'll continue to do that. We wrote to the minister again, uh, two days ago, I mean yesterday, uh, we have written clearly and we made recommendations on what exactly needed doing for these young people. And so we are hoping that we will, um, you know, get some positive response from them. Uh, and to that, we'll keep pushing until we, we find uh, the right uh, button to press to make sure that the government and the stakeholders involved uh, listen to the cry of these young people who are desperately in need of support and help getting, get, going back to the classroom mm. and integrating back into the system. Uh, not, not a very good time. I can imagine the trauma they are all going through. But uh, we'll, we'll be monitoring the efforts and kudos to you as well. Uh, we, we wait to see what the outcome will be. Lord Mark Mensah. Yes, we, we are not resting yeah. at all. Myself, I'm not sleeping. Mm. You know, I get phone calls every day. And you, as you can listen to them, say, you know, cry. They cry on the phone every time. And as a father, I feel it. I feel the pain. I feel they are, you know, and, and, and something needs to be done. Mm. So we are pleading with you as well, the media, if you can help us in any way at all, please do your best, uh, press those buttons, and let's all work together and make sure that the government immediately, as a matter of urgency, do something and support these ladies and gentle 
men back to the classroom mm. so that they can pursue their their dreams and, and ambitions for the future. Yeah, I believe Thank many within the ministries are watching us now. Um, all we need is the help that these uh, young girls and you know the others out there are appealing for. We're, we're wrapping up. Do you have any message um, for the authorities? What would that be? Let me start off with you. Okay, so I would like to... I would like to thank them for the successful evacuation process, mm. the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Embassy of Ghana in Cairo and in Ethiopia. Right. The Global Union of Ghanaian Scholars are doing very well for us, and we are, we are really, really appreciative of them. Thank you very much for all the support. And we are, still, we are pleading on you, mm. the government of Ghana, His Excellency the Vice President, please come to our aid. We need, as as um, Dr. Lord um, Mark Mesa mentioned, we are the future leaders, and then we cannot quit. We cannot quit, so please help us go back to school. Thank you. Are you? Your message? He has said everything. Yeah. Mm. So all what we are pleading is we have hope for tomorrow. Yeah. So please, the government should come to our aid. We want to go back to school. I see. Uh, I see that you're down, but uh, of course we can only urge you that uh, there is, uh, of course, uh, some hope Coming through. Uh, we wait on the authorities to see uh, what the outcome will be. Uh, let's take you now to the Volta region uh, because the Ekosumbu floods disaster continues to significantly impact um, education. Some affected students have uh, turned to hawking and also uh, other menial jobs just to make ends meet. Amongst them is Abednego uh, Agbo, uh, an 18-year-old uh, first-year student of the Komboni Vocational Technical School, is now selling Aigwe biscuits in uh, the bustling traffic of Sugakope in the South Dong district of the Volta region. Um, he laments his dreams of becoming an immigration officer is at risk due to the flooding situation. Well, Carlos Caloni has been to the community and now reports. This is Komboni Technical Vocational Institute, which has remained locked and inaccessible for weeks due to floods induced by the spillage of the Akosombo Dam. The fate of the 1,700 students hangs in the balance. While students in other regions receive their lessons, those affected by this disaster in the school resort to menial work due to closure of their classrooms. Abednego Agbo, an 18-year-old first-year student studying automobile engineering, now sells Aigbe biscuits in the midst of traffic jams in Sogakope. He tells Joy News how worried he is about the loss of lessons. I'm from Sogakope here. Yeah. I'm schooling at Kamboni Technical Institution. And right now, as we all know, the Vota River has flooded, and our compound now it's flooded, so we are no more going to school. So I'm here to manage this one after that. Then when the, the water comes down, then we go back to school. So we are waiting, we are waiting and we are begging the government that it should come to our aim to come and help us so that we we'll go to the school before the ending of this year. Yeah. Which year are you and what are you reading? Okay, I'm in first year and I'm offering automobile engineering. Yeah, so right now when we go to the school, we see that our department all over there is water. So we are begging the government, if not, our machines will go damaged. And when we resume school, we don't know which machine we use to 
do practical justice, practical works again. We are not going to school, so now we don't know where to go and learn again. So as for some of us, we are the host home and we are learning on our own. So we are begging the government, because they said before the water comes, they said we are going to write exam. So by right now, we are at home. It's left with two ways to start the exam. Abednego says he fears his dream of becoming an immigration officer in future may be in jeopardy if the situation persists. Some of my colleagues too, some are riding motor and some are fishing in other communities. And me too, this is what I want to be doing so that at the time that the water will come down, then we'll go back to school. Yes, for me, my vision is to become an immigration officer in future. So because of this, that's why I'm going to the school. So I'm begging the government to come to our aim and help us so that I can achieve my aim in future. Speaking to Joy News, the principal of Kumboni Technical Vocational School, Harry Peter Ajima, insists there is an urgent need for intervention plan to keep the student out of the streets. 1,700 who are first and second years who are still fast. They are affected. They have not finished their semester. They are supposed to finish their semester 30th November, but we are now in the house. And we don't know whether we can come to school before then. So they are badly affected. And as students as they are, uh, once they are not in school, some of them take to this Okada riding, selling at the bridge side. So as they are not in school, they are doing that. And is the reason why we think there must be some alternative plan to let them either be attending class somewhere or um, maybe when we school we can recover within three, four weeks. Then we have intervention plan to, to cover for it, uh, cover for the lost periods. Even though floodwaters seem to be receding in some affected areas, it remains uncertain when normal academic activities can resume. Carlos Caloni, Joy News. I will stay within the Santon uh, areas because uh, on the Flanders, the deplorable road network uh, leading to Agave uh, 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 in the Santon district of the Volta region is impeding access to relief items by flood victims. The concern was raised by the assembly member for uh, the area, uh, Christian Kwesi, uh, when the Institute of Chartered Accountants Ghana uh, defied the nature of the roads to donate some relief items there. The road to Zueno is in terrible shape with potholes, dust, and narrow passage. Over 45 houses have crumbled, displacing countless residents. Flood victims need urgent help. When the Institute of Chartered Accountant Ghana, ICAG, donated relief items to the tune of 70,000 Ghana cities, Assemblyman for Apedume Electoral Area, Christian Kwesi Voyeho, raised concerns about the road obstructing relief efforts. Our road is very extremely deplorable. Some of our uh, sisters and brothers living in Accra want to come to us, but they found it difficult coming to us because of the deplorable nature of our road. The road is Agave Apedume Road, starting from Gradisco through Makoje, through Asidovi, Akplane to Akbeve, 
So we are appealing to the government to come to our aid and construct this road for us. The journey to these communities was backbreaking to say the least. The estimated 15-minute trip along the 14-kilometer road took the team well over an hour to navigate. Upon arrival, the team had to endure an additional six-minute walk to reach the riverbank. Uh, we are going to Ziwenu in the Agava Apajuma electoral area. And uh, it's because uh, we don't have a direct uh, access. The flooding water has cut the Ziwenu community off. Your experience? <laughs> it was terrible, it was, what? but it was a nice experience. Following a thorough assessment of the damage here, the team provided hot meals to the victims along with mattresses, blankets, bags of rice and more. Speaking to Joy News, the Director of Finance and Administration at the ICAG, Joyce Opokudodu, explained that this donation aligns with the organization's commitment to ensuring environmental sustainability. Looking at the devastating nature of what has happened, we decided to also come and do our bit to bring some comfort to the, into the lives of these people. Um, as an institute, um, this year is our 60th uh, anniversary, and uh, the theme for our system anniversary is to promoting sustainability, nurturing trust, and building partnership. Sustainability for us is all about the environment. It is very unfortunate that this is happening, but what we can do to make somebody feel a bit comfortable, to make some people have a, a very peaceful sleep, that is why we are here and that is what we have done. We believe that these mattresses will go a long way to help. The blankets will be used to cover the young ones who have been exposed. However, Madame Dodu made a heartfelt plea to the authorities urging them to address the deplorable road situation to enhance relief efforts. We thought we were coming to a village close to Ada, but then when we started turning off the main road, we realized that um, we asked ourselves how many people will even drive on this road and come and give hand, hand of help to our people. It is so sad. The road is so terrible. And if you don't take care, it will put you off and you'll go back to our car with your things. But because we were determined to make an impact, we were able to, we went through it and then we are here. We are just praying that we'll go back safely on the road and uh, our cars will be able to get back to our cars safely. But we are appealing to the government. These people need help and the help should be able to come on a quite a good road. People should be encouraged to come. So if something can be done about the road, so that those who want to help them will be able to drive here and help them. The assemblyman expressed his gratitude to ICAG for their benevolent gesture. I once again want to thank Institute of Chartered Account Ghana for coming to our aid during this damage that the spillage has caused to the people of Agave Apeljuma, specifically the people of Gojekota, the people of Apeljuma, Asidovi, and then Akroti communities. Uh, we want to say that uh, we appreciate the relief items given to us. As the Akosombo Down Spillage continues to ravage these hard-to-reach communities, it becomes paramount to prioritize relief efforts in these areas. Carlos Galoni, Joy News.
and join you to remain in the communities and bring you some updates on the spillage of the Akuzumbu Dam. But that's all uh, time will allow us uh, here on the Palms with me, bless us, and log on to myjoyonline.com. We have uh, many stories there for you. We're taking a break, but when we return, next will be Let's Talk Showbiz. Stay on the Join News channel. Thanks for watching. Calling all distinguished alumni, cherished friends, and well wishes of the University of Professional Studies Accra, UPSA, to join us as we climax the 58th anniversary of UPSA with a fundraising gala and awards ceremony. The date is Friday, November 3rd, 2023, at the iconic UPSA Auditorium with our guest of honor, Dr. K.K. Sapon, Chancellor of UPSA. Our fundraising gala is not just an event, it's a dynamic opportunity to contribute to the establishment of an endowment fund and the construction of an ultra-modern police station for the UPSA community, as well as rekindling old friendships on campus, networking with business leaders, and getting recognized for your charitable contributions. For tickets and donations, simply dial star 771, star 10 hush, and enter the UPSA code 1850. UPSA Scholarship with Professionalism. Starting this October 20th to 11th of November, the African Football League. Who is going to be crowned Africa's champion of champions and take the lion's share of the 14.4 million prize money? Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League, our game, our home. Now let's shine together. Years and Presbyterian Senior High School is a prestigious school in the Sudyamayin district of the Eastern Region. Established in 1897, the school has served the nation under several capacities as an institution. This year, the school is celebrating its 125th anniversary on Saturday, 28 October 2023 at 9 o'clock a.m. The venue for the Grand Deba is the forecourt of the school's administration block. Speaking on the theme, promoting quality education through discipline for tomorrow's generation is Reverend Professor Joseph Osafwebi. The special guest of honor to grace the occasion is other invited guests include His Excellency Dr. Mahamud Dibawonia, Vice President of the Republic of Ghana. Honorable Dr. Yao Osei Adichu, Minister of Education. Honorable Thomas Ampemiako, MP4 as with the Mind Constituency. Right Reverend Professor Joseph Oduye Buamante, the moderator of the Presbyterian Church of Ghana and many more dignitaries. The days preceding the Grand Deba will be filled with activities such as inter-house football gala, float, awards presentation and many more. All old students, stakeholders and well wishers are cordially invited. Upon, Upon the mountain, mountain we are pressed Some 
100 verses 1 to 2. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Get ready for an electrifying Adon Praise 2023 Choirs Edition. Imagine choirs of prominent churches in worship and praise sessions on a Sunday. Yes, you heard me right. Sunday, 29th October 2023 at the Perez Dome, Jomulu, after church at 4 p.m. Theme, Harmony of Faith, Voices United in Praise. Come experience the awe-inspiring beauty of multiple voices united in worship and praise. Delivering soul-stirring classics from the following choirs. Cedar Mountain Choir featuring Joe Metal. The new song featuring PSA Esther. Multimedia Choir featuring Kofi Pepra. Destiny Songs featuring F.A. Grace. CT Praise featuring Reverend Edwin Datsin. Voices of Triumph featuring Reverend Ifreko Chamien. Royal House Chapel Joint Choir featuring Emoji. Perez Chapel Choir. Perez Chapel International. Bethel Revival Choir. Global Evangelical Ministry. Team Eternity. Harmonious Choral. Tickets are going on sale for 70 Ghana CD standard by the short code star 714 star 003 star 3 hash. Limited tickets available at participating churches, Joy FM, Airport Shell, and the Perez Chapel Bookshop. Hashtag Adon Praise Choirs Edition. Mark the date Sunday, 29th October 2023 at Perez Dome, Jolu at 4 p.m. It's going to be godly awesome. The Adon Praise 2023 Choirs Edition is sponsored by Smith Seed, Self Employed Enrollment Drive. Ayawodache, Fano Personal, Angel Cola, The Enjoyment Cola, Franco Trading Enterprise, Phone, Accessories and Air Condition, Papa Perfie, Access Bank, More Than Banking, Evermilk, Taste is Believing, 3P Garlic Mixture, and your Naturally Organic, Pilot Tablet and Ointment from Kelman Pharmaceuticals Limited, Pals, Coco, Last Stop, Escort Security Services, Think Security, Choose Escort Security Services, Happy Delight, Share the Happiness, Kivo Pepe, Melkoshishi, Media partners at Doom FM, at Doom TV, at Semper FM, at DoomOnline.com, Joy FM, Joy News, Joy Prime, MyJoyOnline.com, Precious TV, Sweet Melodies FM, Sunny FM, Footprint TV, and Christocentric Station. At Doom Praise, yeah, it's always about to be the next level.
so many secrets that I pray don't come out. Paranoid, cause I've seen things go bad when my family turn to demons around. Yeah, yeah. God for keeping things smoothly And the blessings where you should tell I don't go lie, I'm feeling differently Now why I still they move on that over Thank you God for keeping things smoothly And the blessings where you should tell I don't go lie, I'm feeling differently Now why I still they move Them I bring me voodoo But I thank you over for the journey Oh, joy comes in the morning I let my mind close to a story so many secrets that I pray don't come out Paranoid cause I've seen things go bad When my family turn to demons around me Yeah, My name is I. Don't be confused. Avio is not here. I'm just sitting in for Avio for today. And um, today on Let's Talk Showbiz, I get to sit with one gentleman. Um, he used to be a producer. He's, been, he's produced songs for a lot of artists in Nigeria. Now he hails from Nigeria, from the eastern part of Nigeria. And now his name, I'm trying to find out how and why he has that name. But he writes the name with six UFF. But he mentions it at both. Buff, you can call it Beth Buff, but the name is Buff. I'm here with him today to talk music radio or let's talk showbiz. Did I mention the name right? Yeah. <laughs> Buff, not Beth. Not Beth. <laughs> so you heard it. The name is Buff, not yeah. Beth. Okay, so tell me, I mean, music for you has been like something that you don't joke with. Mm -hmm. When I read about your biography, I realized mm -hmm. that you started 